Hello, and welcome to episode 160 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy, the last recorded podcast from Lima to Toronto and Toronto to Lima for the next couple of weeks because I will be traveling this week and we will be able to record from Henny's condo, which is very exciting. Yes, I'm very excited for you to be here. Yeah. And for us yeah. to get I'm some glad in person time. Yeah, and the weather is, you know, changing. And like the last time I was here in March, it was so cold, colder than I thought. I wasn't dressed properly. And yeah, any anywho, what's what's happening? What's grooving? Well, I have a new podcast that I listened mm-hmm. to today. Okay. And so it's a, so it was recommended to me by Tim and he recommended a particular episode for me. So I listened to that today. The podcast is called Something You Should Know. Mm -hmm. And it's very much like talk radio. You know how like some podcasts, I mean, not ours, but some podcasts have a lot of, you know, media elements and there's music and sound effects and it sounds very much like, you know, very professionally done. And this did not have that kind of feel like this was very much like, I mean, it's definitely professionally done. I don't mean that, but it was not so much, uh, yeah, it just... I don't know, maybe it was the quality of the host's voice. Like, it was very much like this is someone who talks on the radio and has people call in. Like, that's what it okay. sounded like, you know? Okay. So, so I don't know, as it was my favorite podcast to listen to ever. However, what's interesting about it is that every episode is, like, a bunch of random facts. And because, hence the title, Something You Should Know. And so it's just random things that they think, like, this is interesting information and we should share it with people. And and so the episode that I listened to, it had a a couple of different parts. And so he had two different experts on talking about different things. But then he also had some random pieces of information that had nothing to do with anything, which was kind of fun. So, you know, so the first part of the podcast was all about some research that had been done on relationships. And, and so there's some interesting things and like some interesting little tidbits in there that I'll share with you. The second part of the podcast was uh, an, an interview with another expert on saying no to things or people like people who always say yes but then learning to say no to things that's why Tim told me that I needed to listen to the podcast <laughs> so <laughs> spoiler alert bravo Tim bravo so that, so that was that but then it's like the very end of the podcast there's like 3 minutes left and he's like and you know what do you know about bananas and i'm like bananas like what does that have to do with anything absolutely nothing other than it's interesting so did you know that um a bunch of bananas is actually like the whole multi-layered thing that grows on the banana plant uh okay and so what you buy in the grocery store which is like a few bananas yes hatched together that's not a bunch Okay, what is it? What it's called? No, you're gonna tell me. It's called a hand. Okay, that makes sense because it it's like the fingers of the and hand. Each of the individual bananas are called a finger. 
I wonder, I now, I wonder what the percentage is of them that actually have five that are on them. Maybe that's, oh. but anyways, maybe they just look like, a, it does look like a, it does look like a hand when it you think about it. does kind of that. look like a hand. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a okay. hand okay. of okay. bananas that you buy in the grocery okay. store. Or maybe mm -hmm. if you only want one, you just buy a finger. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It, it cracked up. I'm like, it had nothing to do with anything, but it was just a really funny little like piece of knowledge that I thought Sandy is gonna yep. appreciate this. <laughs> I, I and and do I get to decide which one is the middle finger when I just <laughs> sure? <laughs> okay. You know, I you know I'll pick. I'll always pick the middle finger. Of course you will. <laughs> <laughs> that is very, that's okay. I like that. Yeah. That, that's so interesting. Okay. So some of the conversation that he had with these two experts was actually all of the conversation that he had with these two experts was interesting because it's a whole bunch of different facts about whatever this expert is, uh, you know, researching or knows a lot about or whatever. So the first part, he was talking about relationships and some some things that we know already, but a few little things that came up, like, for example, they were talking about loneliness and the difference between being lonely and being solitary, and that loneliness is detrimental to your health, but solitude is positive for your health, even though from the outside, both of those things might look the same because they might look well, like being yeah. alone. Yeah, but loneliness is is actually, a, that's when you're in a state of wanting to be with someone else. Solitude, you get to choose to be alone. Exactly. So, so he was saying that lonely, so his understanding of loneliness is that it's a measure of how satisfied you are in the relationships that you have. So if you are satisfied in your mm. relationships, then you don't experience loneliness. Hmm. And as soon as there's some dissatisfaction, that's when you start to experience loneliness. Whereas when you are experiencing a moment or a, an, an instance of solitude, it's that you feel perfectly satisfied in the relationships that you have and you mm -hmm. are choosing to spend time on your own. Right. Okay. So, yeah. so that was similar to things we've chatted about before, but it was just a, a little tweak of a, of yeah. a, of a way of describing that, that I thought was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. He was also talking about the fact that we overestimate the ability that we have to understand or know what people are thinking and feeling. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, like we often think that we know what other people like what's going through other people's heads. And he said, in fact, when we interact with a stranger, we're only right about what they're thinking or feeling 20 percent of the time. Huh. And when we interact with friends and family and people we know well, we're only right about what they're thinking and feeling 30 percent of the time. Wow. And our spouses were only accurate 35% of the time. What? Mm -hmm. And so he's like, so two thirds of the time, you don't actually know what they're thinking or feeling. Wow. And so then the conversation hmm. was like, how do you improve this? Like, how do you get better at understanding what people are are thinking and feeling? And, and he said, you have to put yourself in situations 
and scenarios where you force them to show you. So it's not about you getting better at reading them. It's about you forcing them to show you more. And so he gave an example, like if you go like for, if you, for example, this is his example. If you go for coffee with someone, you actually know very little. You get to know very little about what they're thinking and feeling in an, in an instance where you're having coffee with someone because you only know what they're telling you. But he said, if you like do something active with them, you learn how hmm. um, how much they persist with things. You learn how much they like mm-hmm. uh, you know might take a risk or not. You like you learn more about different aspects of them because of the situation hmm. that you're in. And so I don't exactly know how uh, you know how to you know make use of that necessarily but um but it's interesting that like it's an interesting thought to say like if you really want to know someone better or you know quote unquote read them better you know just sitting and having a conversation is not necessarily going to get you Uh, the result that you're looking for he also suggested like um having conversations about potentially controversial topics because yeah. that's, okay. you're likely to, you know, get sort of to the, the core. Like, yeah, yeah, to the core. For to sure. Deeper. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can learn a, a lot about people's core value, what they value and, and think is important by asking and talking about controversial things, which I think is important to know whether or not you want to pursue a relationship or with with somebody because if they're not aligned that that's that can be that'll be an issue always you know always yeah 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 but did they not talk about because I can think I mean when you first said you know that that the like two-thirds of the time we don't really know what other people are thinking is this just that we just have no idea or is it also does it also apply to situations when we make assumptions about what we think they're thinking like where what you need to do is to actually ask somebody rather than to assume a hundred percent a hundred percent so that definitely includes all of those times that we just assume and he talked about that that it becomes a problem because you you're putting your own assumptions on someone else and then you're feeling yeah you know, irritated or happy or yeah. sad or whatever because of those assumptions that you have, and none of that is actually based on truth. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're also fe- you can also be feeling lonely, unsupported. I mean, a lot of things. I, I, and for sure, I, I, I do that all the time. Like, I rather than to ask somebody for help, I just assume that they're too busy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, and it's, hmm, I don't. Sometimes, sometimes. I think that we don't ask those questions and make assumptions is because we're afraid of what the answer might be. Mm-hmm. So we'd rather believe that we already know the answer than yes. to ask the answer for a confirmation of yes reject rejection yes right yeah and so so did he speak about that and how you get better at that no. <laughs> he okay. didn't, but that's the maybe that maybe that's in a different episode. 
<laughs> but I but I like what you have shared because and it's that's that's very true. You get past that first of I mean, you're meeting somebody new and you're the yeah. example you used was a copy is that it isn't until you get to the point where then maybe you even ask if to do something that's different than that to see if there's an interest in that to see if you even have interest with that person absolutely yeah 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 so so that was interesting he so was basically also- the next time I meet someone I, I go for and then I'm like hey would you like to go skydiving with me because I yeah. really want to go skydive just go for the jugular if you're not interested in skydiving I'm not interested in pursuing this friendship would you skydive with me? Oh, Sandy. Are you going to say no or are you going to say yes? I going to say yes. Everything in my body wants to say no because I am terrified of things like that. But I feel like I would. Yeah, I'm terrified too. But that's what makes it exciting. Yeah. I, I would okay. It. We might have to. We might have to. Oh. Okay. Oh, my goodness gracious. I Before I get to can't believe I just said that. And you know what? This is also that 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 once this gets published, this episode is out there forever. Honey. I know it just lives. <laughs> there's there's it, like digital proof, and people hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yikes. So uh, on friendship. Okay. You know what? One yeah. thing he did say that I was like, oh, my goodness, Sandy and I were just talking about this. He was talking about the fact that women mm-hmm. are much better at maintaining friendships in especially uh, once they're in a romantic relationship or a stable partnership and that men tend to revolve their entire life around their partner, whereas women tend to maintain outside friendships. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is something that we were just talking about. And so it, because I remember we were talking about it just like that this is something anecdotal that we've experienced, but he was talking, like he was saying, like, this is actually a thing. And not for any, like, he didn't really have a reason other than to say that the, that typically with men, their, their focus becomes the partner. Which is really, yeah, it's interesting that that happens. Well, it, it, yeah, because it, it it doesn't really make sense because you could say, well, then the focus becomes the partner, and so they spend all their time with that person. But then, if I'm a woman and I I'm I only I still only have 24 hours in a day, just like everyone else, and so why do I still have more time to do other things? I don't get it. Yeah, and how and it, how am I, it's I'm not traditionally like men were the only like people that went out for like to work every day women have just as are just as busy you know have careers that are just as demanding um are juggling things just like men are juggling and why can we figure it out well i mean we don't have enough time to even explain that but you know I just thought yeah. it was really like fun when he said that because that was something yeah. we've just been talking about. So, so, so that was the first half and was quite interesting. The second half was the part that you know was tailor made for me was about saying no, and mm-hmm. so this this person uh, had written a book and I think the book was like it's something like something about like saying no will free you or something like that and 
And so he was talking about just the importance of being able to say no to things uh, that you don't want to do but feel obligated to do, saying no to things that someone else could do that you don't have to do, saying yeah. no to things that uh, aren't going to uh, you know, be good for you, but you feel like uh, you have to do them in order to, you know, be a good person, you know, like yeah. all of these types of things. And, and so he said, like, he said things that we've heard and read about and, uh, you know, talked about before, like the, you know, he said, buy yourself time. So when you're asked to do something, mm -hmm. resp if you can't, if you can't, if you're not confident enough to just say no, you know, give yourself some time by saying things like, let me get back to you. Let me check my schedule. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let me think on that for a minute, you know, like those types of things. Uh, and so then the, the guy interviewing him said, well, but he said, if you know that you're going to say no, but you're too afraid to say no. And so you say, let me check my schedule first, but you know, you're going to say no, like, isn't that leading the other person on? And like, isn't that annoying? And the guy was like, well, not, not if you really are a person who's averse to saying no, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like if that's all you can manage, that's better than nothing. And if you say to another person, and I know Sandy, you and I've talked about this before. If you mm -hmm. say to another person, I'm not quite sure, let me check my schedule. If they really need help, they're going to go to someone else. No, exactly. And right? so, and so I think the important part of that is that if, if you're going to use that strategy is that you actually do follow up. Yes, I agree. Because the the part about hanging is that when you just don't answer it, because then you, I mean, it says a lot about you, but it also to the other person makes them feel like, you know, they're not as valued by you mm -hmm. as they thought they were. So it can be, can be a relationship, you know, issue also like cause problems that way. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was, so it was interesting to hear those things. Nothing new, nothing we hadn't heard before, nothing we hadn't yeah. talked about before. Um, you know, really talked about the need. Oh, the one thing, yeah, he was talking about the need for, uh, you know, preserving yourself, right? And so he said, you know, here are some questions you can ask yourself if you're not sure if you're saying yes too often. And mm. and so he did say too, he said, you know, I'm not saying say no to everything, say no to all opportunities, say, you know, to, like I'm not saying that at all. He's like, but here are the questions you can ask yourself. And they were things like, um, do, do you, are you not getting enough sleep? because mm -hmm. you're doing things for other people or you're doing, you know, things that you've agreed to do or give like, uh, you know, offering your time to other people and things like that. Uh, do you find yourself never getting around to that one thing you always wanted to do because mm -hmm. you just don't have time for it? One of them was, uh, do you find yourself always like do you find yourself overscheduled was one one was do you find yourself setting time like setting time parameters for the things that you want to do yeah and you know so such that you know you're 
you're limiting the things that you want to do because you only have so much time and you're, you know, running out of time to do those things. And, you know, so yeah. we had a bunch of questions like that, that was like, you know, these are warning signs that you are saying yes to too much. Right. Yeah. And say sure. no to a little bit more. Yeah. So he also talked about, you know, that it's easier to say no to some people than others. Mm-hmm. You sure. know? So, yeah. and those are, and that's things, those are things we've talked about before as well. So it was nothing really uh, mind blowing, but, you know, always interesting to hear those same things kind of again and to hear it from a different voice and a different perspective, but it's the same message. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's like, okay, but like, what about if the things that you're saying yes to are things that you genuinely want to do, but you now are losing sleep and not having enough time and overcommitted because you're doing all the things you want to do. Like, how do you, well, but but I think, well, I think then that you have to see what things can be deferred that don't have to be done right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. I think definitely when we say yes to things that we don't we're not gonna we're gonna get zero joy out of zero satisfaction it's not an opportunity for us to learn something new then we should never have said yes to it in the beginning right that's just a drainer of all your resources and actually leaves you with less energy to do the the rest of the things that you've already committed to Mm -hmm. i think it's a I think this, it is, even though, as you've said, that this is something we've spoke about before, I think that right now is a really good time, though, to bring it back up, because for the last couple of years, Mm. there have been, we haven't really had a lot of things to have to make choices around, as far as commitments necessarily to other people, because we've, we've been very committed Mm-hmm. with with the things that we could do and so now as things have opened are opened up and this is this summer is like things mm. are like basically full capacity mm. is that there are so many things that we want to do mm-hmm. that we're off we're gonna have to make those choices also that yeah. you can't do everything yeah. right everything can't you cannot do everything and so it is making decisions and we only have you know a x amount of time available to us yeah there does have to be some picking and choosing right yeah plus fighting against the feeling like we've lost two years that we haven't and those we're not getting that back and so we want to do everything that we yeah all the things that got us through the last two years right about i'm i can't wait till i can go and do this and do that yeah yeah so i don't know maybe it's also that that time gave us some space to think about, you know, I thought I used to really enjoy doing this, but I actually don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm never going to do that again because I can see how everything can be taken away very quickly. Why would I want to waste my time on that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's true. I think too, for me, at least the pandemic gave me an easy, it was, I don't want to say that it was like it gave me an excuse, but it gave me an easy thing to blame the no on. So it was easy to say, no, I'm not going to do that because of COVID. 
no, I'm not going to do that because of safety. Because, you know, even though there, there are things that I, like, I didn't want to do, period, you know? And so it yeah. would be difficult to say, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to. It was easy yeah. to say, no, I'm not going to do that because of COVID. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah. now, and so now that's gone, right? When you don't have, yeah. and, and I'm not, and, and I don't want it to sound like I was, like, I have used that as an excuse, but it was, it was easier to say no, I guess is what I'm saying. And so it's harder yeah. to say no now because that it was, it was an available reason yes and that's a that's a good that's a good way of putting it an available and, and, reason. and one and one that everyone had available to them correct correct so correct whereas now it's like you really when you're making decisions I mean certainly certainly I'm still making decisions yeah. based on what I think is going to be safe and 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 you know protected and you know yeah absolutely that still plays a factor in a lot of the decisions that I make but more and more like you said like things are you know full capacity more events are happening more opportunities to get together you know and so now there's that pull between you know mm -hmm. I want to do these things I want to make sure I'm safe doing them and then also do I really want to do them yeah you know mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is, and it is hard. It's hard to say no simply because I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not hard to not want to do things, that yeah. Easy. Yeah. but it's hard to say no and give that as the reason. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you, do you, do you know someone or have a friend um, who has no problem with saying no and that has actually said no to you and if so how do you feel about that person Ooh, like that's like a good you, question yeah do you admire them do you like yeah wish that you could be more like them do you feel offended mm, that's a really good question sandy i don't i don't know yeah i'm not sure i think that i wouldn't be offended yeah when you ask someone for help with something, which I know you very rarely do. I think maybe that's hard for me to answer this question. <laughs> yeah. So yes. So do do you? But if if that you know, sometime in your you know thirty plus years, you have done that. Uh huh. Um, I could say thirty plus because you still have it like less than a year, and then I have to say almost forty plus. But no, <laughs> it still get to say thirty anyway. <laughs> In damn um, less, no, in in less than a year, you can say forty. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you always like preface it with you can say no? Like it's okay if you say no, but I just thought I would ask. Um, ninety percent of the time, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety percent of the time would be absolutely prefacing with you can totally say no, but yeah, but um, yeah. Very, very, okay, very but, rarely. But when, when someone says that to you, what do you, are you, do you, do you immediately at that point say, well, that was really nice to say, but it actually makes me feel like I don't, I can't say no. Huh. 
No, I don't think so. I th- I, I don't think prefacing. I, it I'm with- just I'm just taking I'm just taking notes. Yeah, so of course. I know when I'm going to ask you something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's okay. Check. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Switch those words around. Then she'll be more likely to say yes. <laughs> Um, no, I don't think prefacing it with that makes it more or less, um, important for me to say yes. I mean, in general, in general, if someone asks me for something, I'm likely to say yes. Yeah. Um, and so if they say you can, I do think if they say like, you can say no, I do feel that that genuinely makes me feel like, okay, I don't have to feel like a complete asshole if I say no. Uh, I, I think okay. that it doesn't make me feel more guilty. I think, I think it's either neutral or it helps. Okay. And when you preface that to someone else, do you do, you do it not do you do it for yourself for the fear of how you'd feel if they said no, or do you generously give that to them to let them know that, that, that it will be fine if you, if they can't. Mm. I think, I think neither. I think, yes, I do it for myself, but I don't think I do it for myself to soften the blow. If they say no, I think I do it for myself because I feel guilty about asking in the first place. Yeah. So it basically makes it easier to ask. Yeah. 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 No, I, 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 I'm the same. I, um, I do have a friend here who is very good at just saying no. Right. She's very straightforward about stuff, whatever. And I actually really like it. Yeah. Like you always know where you stand, you know, if she's doing something because she truly wants to do it. Yeah. But you know, she'll be. And so I find it's easier for me to say no to her or yeah, yeah I don't, you know, you know what? I, that's not really something I want to do or no, I don't think I can help or mm-hmm. whatever. Only because she's like, maybe because only because she's like that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I think a lot of us have a problem with that. Like, I think I that's think so. a lot. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm always thinking about how busy other people are and that I don't want to burden any, like any of their time thinking that they would actually care. You know what I mean? Thinking that they have enough things to worry about. Like the last thing they need to be worried about is like that something's happening with me, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so and I know you're the same because, you know, just this past week, you kind of just like drop a little note, like it's like a little poof, like, you know, something about feeling the way you were feeling. And I was just like, okay, this is not just as light as she's just made this because the point that she actually put this here means that it's a much bigger effing deal than she's <laughs> letting it to be. It is like bad, like, <laughs> because she never says anything. And it was just kind of like a dropped in poof little message, uh-huh. you know, and and so, but I also feel like a lot of times I don't say anything either to you because of the same, like, I'm just thinking, oh, she's got like so much. And that's, I don't, maybe it's because we, like, I, we're so open with each other about the things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we make those assumptions that not that, not that either of us won't care, mm-hmm. 
but that they've each got their own shit going on yeah. and that you don't want to give them one more thing. And that's yeah. just ridiculous. It's so yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But that's, I know for me, that's exactly why I often don't. Yeah. Besides the fact that when things are going on, I try to work through it before I even say anything to anybody. Yeah. But other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I, I, do, I, yeah, I can think I, about the time when I was, when we were, I was going to tell you that we were moving to, to Peru yeah. and we were on a long run and, and, and I was like, I'm going to tell her on, I'm going to tell her when I'm running, then I don't, then, then I'm not going to cry and then we can just keep running. And then every time we got to, I kept, okay, the next stoplight, <laughs> and then the next stoplight and it just, and I was like, oh my God, we're going to get on to, to Harvard and then we're going to be almost home. You know I what know. I mean? Like, I, I know. <laughs> and you'll have run out of time to tell me. <laughs> yeah. And then it was this like you, it was like, there was no reaction. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. But knowing that that's just you and that's just processing <laughs> yourself too. Meanwhile, I was like, <gasps> but how I'm going to tell you, like, oh my God. I mean, just even to have to verbalize it was confirming that it was happening. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You I think, I think it was worse for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Anyways. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say things out loud. It is, but I, and I've mentioned this book before, I think it's called the, the artful skill of not giving enough or something like that. Okay. I think that's the name of the book and it, it's a small book. There's two books that have very similar titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book is about just what you're saying is like practicing how you say no to people, but you start with that outer circle because in the middle is family. And those people that are like are very difficult to say no to, and that you, as you as you move outside of that circle, then you it gets that that's where you practice. Yeah. So you practice on the person that sends you the email about can you you know my kids selling girl guide cookies or can yeah. you sponsor this like the office thing you know and and then you get this mass email where you you should just practicing no or being invited to a shower for somebody that you don't really know. Yeah. Like buying a birthday gift for someone's kid that you don't really know. Right. Like those types of situations. And you're like, why am I feeling obligated to like, sometimes for me, I think on one hand, well, it isn't, you know, it's, it's not that much money. I mean, you know, and, and it's not a big thing, but then I'm like, but why do I feel obligated to do that? I don't, yeah. I'm not obligated to buy someone's kid. I don't even know yeah. something I want. If I want, give someone a gift I want to do it because I want to do it not because I feel obligated to do it for sure and I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to receive something if somebody felt was an obligation unless it was a really nice gift then yeah okay that's okay <laughs> <laughs> that's their deal that's their deal <laughs> that is not what I thought you were gonna say <laughs> and I loved it <laughs> I want no gifts out of obligation unless yes. they're really nice. And then I happily take them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But so, anyway. So lots yeah. of little, lots of little tidbits in that little 45 minute podcast that I listened to this afternoon. It was, uh, it was very fun. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Well, a couple of weeks ago at a WW workshop, there was a lot of discussion about the difference between treats 
and snacks. Okay. And I don't think we got to speak about it. We were going to, mm-hmm. and I don't think we got to, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And it was, well, first of all, the workshop was fantastic. You were fantastic. A lot of people had like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. But it's so true that we interchange those two, a mm-hmm. treat and a snack. And they're so different. Mm-hmm. Had you, before you were like researching to have the workshop, had you actually made the, like, did you differentiate between the two? Mm-mm. No, I don't think so. I I would have, I mean, not in, like, not cognitively, you know? I right. mean, I would have called, I would have called any, thing that I ate that was not a meal, I would have called it a snack. So if I grabbed an apple, that was a snack. If I had an ice cream cone, that was also a snack. Like I would have called all of those things snacks, you know? Yeah. But then when I was doing some reading about snacking, it became very apparent to me that a snack is not just anything that you eat outside of a meal. It's something that you eat outside of a meal that is nutritionally uh, valuable to you. And if it's not, then it's not a snack. So like a piece of cake is not a snack. It's a treat. And so you can have a treat, but it's Mm -hmm. not a snack, you know? And so that, yeah, it, it didn't, it wasn't something that I had thought about before I was doing some reading, uh, preparation for the workshop. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some things that that I, and during that workshop that people had written into the chat and I was like, "Mm, that is not, I think that that is in uh, people, it's in the middle because. Ah, okay. Okay. A protein bar. Oh. That is not a snack. I don't think so either. So yeah, like a protein drink. Not a snack. I don't think a drink is a snack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, maybe maybe a drink could be a snack, but, like, I don't think that a drink is a snack. Like, a drink is a drink. I guess a, yeah. I and guess a drink, a drink like, could be a yeah. treat. 100% a milkshake is a treat. Right? A milkshake's a treat. Even like a fancy latte with, you know, caramel yes. sauce or whatever, like yes. treat, you know, but yes. like a black coffee, no, that's just a coffee. That's like a that's, it's not a treat, but it's not a snack either. No, it's not. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? No, no, that's right. Yeah. So I, I saw and I thought, huh, why do people, so I, th- to me, the easy way to differentiate is like, if it's something that is going to spoil that's a snack. Mm. Like outside of a fridge, that's a snack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Something mm-hmm. that has like a shelf stable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you can leave on your counter for a period of time without, except for fruit. Because then you get into, well, people are like, well, well, cakes, this and that. Yeah, I know. But the ingredients in a cake, except for maybe eggs and milk, yeah. did not come out of your fridge. Yeah. Like, but what about like some chickpeas? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
So like there are a couple of exceptions, but I see where you're going with this. Like something that has been not heavily processed with a lot of additives. Like that's it. It that you can't pronounce. That's yes. that's that's that can't be a snack. That's a okay. treat. I like I like where yeah. you're going there. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that why do we add those things? Like, I mean, WW sells and what do they call them? They call them snacks, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Those are not snacks. They're not snacks. They're treats. Like like a like a little like three point, you know, bar. chocolate bar that from WW, yeah. definitely a treat. Yeah. But a, so that's three points, but you could also have like 14 almonds for three points, right? Two points, but yeah. Two points and that's a snack. <laughs> and that's a snack. Yeah. You could you could throw in a little baby bell cheese. <laughs> also a snack. Yeah. 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 And so I think what I liked about that differentiation is that it really makes you consider the reason you're grabbing for that food in the first place. Like if yeah. the first thing you grab for is, you know, a baby bell cheese and some almonds. Yeah. You're probably not grabbing for that because you just yes. have a little craving for something sweet or something salty, yeah. you know, like, like you're grabbing yeah. for that because you are likely hungry and you need something satisfying and you've thought about what that's going to be and this is going to be it, you know? And yeah. so mm -hmm. it's very different from like grabbing a Rice Krispie treat out of the box in the pantry, you know, which is like, yeah. I just need a little something and I'll just grab what's quick and easy and sweet and delicious. Like that's a, yeah. like anytime you're doing that, you're treating yourself, which is totally fine. But if you're treating yourself all of the time, then you're putting a lot of food in your body that isn't feeding your body. Yeah. What it, what, what the, the, actually, because there will be times when you can say, well, I am hungry. And so I'm going to have two cookies. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that you're not going to solve the hunger issue mm -hmm. by having the cookies. So it's like just kind of putting like a little band-aid on the actual issue. Mm -hmm. So that you'll still end up being hungry, which means you will go to have something else. Correct. Because the cookies are not going to do it. They'll do it for a short period of time and then you'll go for something else, mm -hmm. which generally leads to overeating. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what happens, right? Yeah. You either you either end up eating more of that thing because the two yeah. cookies didn't do it, but six cookies just might. Yeah. Or, or you go for something else. So you have the two cookies and then you have something else. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And treats are fine, but I think that that it's knowing that it is a treat, like this is something that's out of the ordinary, where I think a snack is a necessity for most people. There, I know there are some people that just like eat three meals a day because that works for them. Mm -hmm. They feel more in control, but that they feel satisfied. So yeah. that's, I mean, that's really what the key is. If you find that you're going and you need to have treats and even multiple snacks during the day, it, it really is a sign that your meals aren't substantial enough. Mm -hmm. But...
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just struck me. I hadn't considered really what the actual difference is and that we use the same term mm -hmm. and that you do have foods that we've been led to believe are actually really nutritious and myself included. I mean, I've eaten many a, and I know you have too. We've eaten many a protein bar. Well, I've eaten many a protein bar, but I'm telling you that I always ate them as a treat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I maybe didn't call them a treat, but the way that I ate them, I ate them as treats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it wasn't a meal replacement. Like there's no, 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 no. It's a chocolate bar. It was a chocolate me, bar. Yeah. And it was delish. Yeah. Uh, I, although I've also eaten some that were not delish <laughs> and I ate them yeah. too. <laughs> so they were, Correct. they were like a faux treat. They're, that's the worst kind of treat. <laughs> it's something they that's are. a treat. Not even good. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. I hate that. Yeah. It's like buying the piece of cake that looks so beautiful in the showcase and then you take a bite and it's like, you're like, this false is advertising. Yeah, it's all not great. <laughs> no, it tastes like bobo poop. So you keep eating it because it might grow on you. How many you times? Throw it out. I know. How many out. times do you think like this is not great, and then you keep eating, it and you're like, I still don't really like this, but like maybe the fifth bite, I'll like it. Like maybe if yeah. I get. Maybe if I get to the like to the other side of the plate, I'll have decided that I like it. Like, no, if if you didn't yeah. like it at first, you're probably not going to like it when it's gone. <laughs> no. Or like everybody else likes it. I should like it. No. no. It's like worried about hurting its feelings. It's not going to hurt you. Is it going to hurt the feelings? That piece no. of cake has no feelings. No. And no. Cake, is, cake is a good example of something that often looks better than it tastes. Yeah. Yeah. Like cake is something like that used to call me in the middle of the night being like, I'm in the fridge and it's dark in here. Come and open the doors. So like, yeah. I'm afraid. And then I cut the smallest sliver yeah. five times. Of course. <laughs> Not just once. At least you yeah. cut the sliver. You didn't just take a fork to it. No, because then, because other, I live with other people that might see that. And so, yeah. you know, you want to do that and, and, and hide it. <laughs> In private. Oh, on. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. And if it was a corner piece, forget it. <laughs> you had a slab cake with no corners. I don't know if they sold it like this. This is what I happened. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It must be like a Weird. new... Like a new fancy shape, like they're trying it out. I'm not sure. It's like a puzzle piece. It's like a puzzle. <laughs> That's it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was a great discussion. Anyways, and I, I kept thinking I wanted to revisit it because we hadn't talked. And the protein things, I think, are the things that that kind of are in the gray area. You know. Yeah, because we think like a protein drink or a protein bar, like we're thinking, well, I'm giving my body protein, like that's good, that's going to be filling, and it is, that's, that's it. like protein's important for my body, and it is, but. It's also artificial protein. It's yeah. not real protein. It's not, it's not like. It's not from a natural you know. food source. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Now, isn't it interesting because, you know, like five years ago, we were like all for all of this stuff. And it's so interesting to me that as time has evolved, that we just continue to see things differently, mm-hmm. replace different things that were like, I mean, Costco um, protein bars were like a staple for me, mm-hmm. a staple. Five points for that whole bar. Yeah. And you often would have a half a bar like every yeah, day. Yeah. And I, I Yes, and I bought some on my last trip, so I actually do have some in my house mm-hmm. because a half a bar is only two points. Mm-hmm. But and if you recognize, it, but... if you recognize them as treats, then yeah. they they likely won't be a like an everyday kind of thing. So it's it's nice to yeah. have them, and they're nice to grab like in a pinch. But if yeah. it becomes something that you're having every day, like is that really a treat that you want to have every day? Well, no, and it's also, no, it's not. Yeah, things are always changing. Nothing nothing is ever the same. Uh, No, not at all, not at all, not at all. Anyways, honey, I am so excited because I was saying to you before that now my son is getting married in just over two weeks, and I cannot believe that this is happening because they have been engaged for three years. They got engaged. We got here, we moved to Lima in April, and they got engaged in July. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it would have been three years. And then the wedding was going to be last year. And then they had to pull the plug on that. And then it just feels like it's been so long. Like it's, we've been talking about it for a long time. Yes. You know, three years, yeah. three years, yeah. three years. Yeah. So I have to say, I think that it's good. I mean, I'm all for people being together a long period of time and also having things that happen in their life that force them to to speak about controversial things that are happening with very different opinions, being in a relationship and not feeling like you have to have the same opinion as someone else, Mm -hmm. you know, because Brock was so anti-vaccine for a long, long time and truly was vaccinated because he felt he knew, I mean, he's a a case in point with, you won't be able to do anything Mm -hmm. unless you get vaccinated, Yeah, you know? And, and when, and then Emmeline was looking at it at first like that, but then, then it was switched, you know, her view changed about that. Right. And so it's interesting because that for, I mean, you know, people don't speak to their family members as a result of that. It's like, it's like a division in politics, like political yeah. views, right? Yeah. It's, it's a big, uh, it's a big, well, you were talking earlier in this episode about like your core values, right? Like, like yes. this is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then to be able to find a way to come to the middle of something, you know, and, and get through that. So I, I feel like the extra year was a was the pandemic was a gift to them, you know, to be right. able, they both made changes in careers. You know, there's been adjustments when they've had times when, when their income is, has drastically changed when they both have been not been working. So then they're both at home, like a lot of, a lot of things. So yeah. um, I think that that will really pay, pay off well into, you know, the, the, the many years yeah. uh, of marriage and that. So mm. anyway, so I, exciting for them. Very, I'm so excited. I am so excited. And I just, yeah. All right. So one more thing, and I'm just thinking about it because I was thinking, because you were talking about a conversation that we had in a WW workshop a few weeks ago about treats and snacks, but we yeah. also 
relatively recently had a conversation in a WW workshop about carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And 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 so the conversation was, you know, the fact that we need carbohydrates and mm -hmm. why carbohydrates are important for our bodies, for energy and for our brains and for all these different things and and that we need to have carbohydrates in our diets. And, and then, you know, the discussion was like, well, you know, what about like all these, like, you know, different ideas about, you know, no carbs or, you know, I'm, mm. I'm giving up carbs, I'm cutting out carbs. And, and so I, I said to the, the members in the workshop, like, okay, so like, what do you think of, like, when you say I'm cutting out all the carbs, like, what are you really talking about? Yeah. And, and so of course, when people say I'm cutting out carbs, we're talking about, bread usually we're talking potato about sometimes potato we're talking about like cake and cookies and like like we're not you know we're we're not actually talking about carbs in general no. we're talking yeah. about one we're very talking specific, about flour based we're talking yeah. about yeah exactly one very specific <laughs> subset of carbs yeah and so yeah. i was like okay well what about like if i said like broccoli like is that a carb and sandy the number of people who said, no, that's not a carb. And I'm like, uh, but yeah, that's a carb. Like, <laughs> like fruits and vegetables yeah. are all carbohydrates, yeah. right? And so if you were going to eat a no carb diet, like you literally are eating meat and that's mm -hmm. it. Like that's all you're eating. You're yeah. not eating fruits. You're not eating vegetables. You're not eating dairy products. You're not eating legumes. You're not eating any whole grain. Yeah. Eggs. Like, you're literally eating meat. Yeah. So like, anyway, it was really like, I could see like in people's faces, like, yeah. Oh, like this was like, yeah. um, but, but once again, like it's, that's why we have to continually be reading things and listening to things yeah. and talking to people and learning from one another because we have so many deep rooted understandings and misunderstandings about mm -hmm. things. And we have so many assumptions about things and we have mm -hmm. so many, uh, you know, things that we've just come to believe for whatever reason, because we heard it once, because that's what someone told us, because, you know, this is a way that we did actually use, like, this is what we actually thought was true until science changed, you know? Yes. And, and so we have to like keep up with that stuff in the same way that, you know, that you and I were quite pro protein bars. And now we're like, well, like in a pinch, sure, but probably not every day, yeah. you know, like that, that way of thinking shifts, you know, we have to shift our thinking with all sorts of different things. And so, you yeah. know, that conversation just kind of made me think about this, this carbohydrate conversation yeah. we had a, in a recent workshop, just about the fact that, you know, it's, if, if you know, you feel your body feels better if you don't eat bread, then don't eat bread, but you're not yeah. on a low carb diet. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you know, so it's really like, understanding exactly what it is that you're doing or not doing for your body and for your health and for your nutrition and all those things. Right. But I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, it's funny the stuff that we think 
and the things that we can't quite fathom, you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, I hadn't quite thought about it that way, but I, you know, totally missing out on that or I thought so wrong, Uh you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's because we have such a, uh, a, a misunderstanding or lack of understanding just how the body processes the different nutrients and foods that we we put through it, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's where they think with the carbs, it's just the bread-related products, mm-hmm. right? But carbs are necessary mm-hmm. for regular bodily function like mm-hmm. you need to have them mm-hmm. and 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 so you know not understanding what they get converted into mm-hmm. i mean it's a very complex that the, the body is so complex i mean mm-hmm. we just take you know it's like we're sometimes we put you know uh uh the uh the the high level gas in it and other times we're just putting regular in because <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like that's what we got available to us and so sometimes you know it 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 operates better than other times right so yeah yeah but <laughs> you're absolutely right I was gonna like continue the analogy and say something like you know but but you've never put diesel in a vehicle well, it's not a diesel vehicle <laughs> no but but you've certainly put foods that are the diesel equivalent that's it that's exactly body. what i was thinking I wonder of. why you feel like you know like shite yeah right yeah <laughs> the reason for that yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> putting the wrong stuff in there yeah it's the wrong fuel right whether it's a car or whether it's your body it's still it's a machine it's a machine so yeah. my so, goodness anyway just thinking about that um but in next time I see you, you will be here. I will be. I'm seeing and you like Monday, like six days or something crazy. I know, I know. And soon yeah. we'll be going to uh, Brock's wedding, which yeah. will be so fun. It's and so fun. what is the thing that you are most looking forward to? Oh, most looking forward to? Gosh, I... I Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm already getting very emotional about it. I think I think it's going to be just the the actual service itself because it's in St. Patrick's um Catholic Church downtown in Hamilton. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful church. And so that I'm also really looking forward to my mother and son dance. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the speech. Yeah. You know, which my son, I was like, okay, it's only three and a half minutes. Phil and I are doing it together. And he's like, okay, oh, perfect. But no crying. That's what he, no crying. And I said, <laughs> capital letters, no can do. I was going to say, no promises. <laughs> All very exciting, Sandy. I'm, I'm really thrilled for your family. I'm so excited for you. I think it's going to be a great, great day. But uh, I'm also excited for myself that I get to see you yeah. before that even happens. This, my trip is so, it's, it's going to be yeah. great. Now, if the weather can hold out, that's okay. Nothing, nothing can dim our sunshine. (laughs) Oh, barf. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, lovely speaking to you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes. And with that, we'll say goodbye. Yeah. We'll take our sunshine somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.